Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Night three of Camp Kiwi and the Bird. Cinematic Mayhem. Hello, campers. This is Taylor, a.k.a. the bird from Kiwi the Bird, and, uh, how do I say this? This year's camp obviously hasn't gone as planned. Camp Kiwi the Bird is supposed to be about fun, new experiences, and laughter. Not this. Murder and mayhem. The phone lines have been down, but we've been trying to contact your loved ones to pick you up early from camp. In the meantime... For our remaining 44 campers, we're going to brighten everyone's spirits with some fun games of volleyball, arts and crafts, and maybe even a special movie premiere of Barbie tonight down by the lake. Which is where our story begins. The next day at Camp Kiwi starts with a flurry of whispers. What happened to Ollie Jackson last night? I heard a rumble. And I saw a light. And then OJ was just gone. Naturally, everyone has somewhat of an idea of what happened to Ollie Jackson. Only, no one wants to believe it. Aliens? From poisonous cheesecake tarts to fires and friendship bracelets, aliens are the last thing Camp Kiwi needs. With the new day, the campers break off to various activities to distract themselves. At nat.bullock and livinglife.lovingbooks Olivia go to make t-shirts. At McCordMegan, spam account and EmmyRow12's Winter decide to go on a short hike. And at Brianna.Pate, Elia Usher, and Amanda underscore THW decide to start up a volleyball game. They kick off their flip-flops and tie back their hair and feel a raw heat of the sand under their toes. As Brianna and Elia bump the ball to each other, Amanda recruits at Karen Millen AGP's Melody Adidas and Purple Wizzy's Cecilia Lane to join the game. Together, the five campers begin a game of intense volleyball, where each set and spike and dive scatters the surrounding grass with sand, and their skin tans under the sun. Melody Adidas takes a brief break from the game and drinks some water on the grass as the others continue to play. As Melody sips and basks under the sun, they feel a heavy shift in the ground beneath them and the hissing of sand. Melody's brow furrows, and they rise to their feet, only to feel that heavy shift again, as though the ground was vibrating, moving. Melody looks at Brianna, Aaliyah, Amanda, and Cecilia, and sees the sand vibrating beneath their feet, each particle churning and sifting under the weight like ocean waves. Aaliyah steps forward and hits the volleyball over the net, only for their right foot to plunge deep into the sand. They grunt and try to pull their leg free, but the sand holds firm like glue. Cecilia and Amanda both die for the ball and face similar fates, their hands and arms now entrapped. Brianna panics and stumbles backward, falling into the sand near Melody. 
Inch by inch, their backside starts to sink into the ground. Help! The four of them cry out as Melody stares at them, wide-eyed and in shock. Soon, Melody blinks and glances around, looking for rope or anything that might pull their fellow campers free from the quicksand. There's an abandoned paddle lying near the lake. Melody runs for it, grabs it, and sprints back, only to find Cecilia and Amanda already up to their necks, Brianna their waist. Melody extends the paddle to Brianna, the closest camper. Brianna latches on with desperation, but no matter how hard they pull, they can't pull themselves out of the sand. Come on, Melody shouts, straining with the weight and the tug of the sand, feeling their own feet drag forward, their toes coming closer and closer to the volleyball pit. Cecilia and Amanda sputter in desperation, their heads almost completely under. The sand up to their chin, Brianna tugs on the paddle harder, unknowingly pulling Melody closer. Stop, Melody tries to say, but survival instincts have already taken over. In one final desperate tug, Brianna jerks the paddle, and Melody falls into the sand pit. The particles sift and stir and engulf all five campers. Just before Melody goes under, they spot at Emmy Road 12's Winter sprinting toward them, having returned from their hike. Winter gasps and collapses beside the sand pit and desperately reaches for Melody's hand. The last thing Melody sees before going under is Winter crying their name. The pain at seeing their secret lover vanish beneath the sand is too much for Winter. They clutch at their chest as their heart bursts into pieces and willingly fall forward into the pit, happily letting it consume them. The last thing Winter whispers before they dip below the surface is, Why? Why us? As the quicksand left no bodies behind, no traces of any of the campers' existences, the rest of camp prepares the area beside the lake and near the woods for the homemade movie premiere of Barbie. At Yeah, I'm a Proser blows up the projector screen, Mel Pell 18 drags benches and beanbags over, and Laura R. Shuman drapes some blankets over the patchier grassy areas, over some dirt and a strange-looking plant they've never seen before. At 8 p.m., it's finally time to start the movie. The Barbie title card flashes onto the projector screen, and everyone takes their seats. At Future Novelista, settles in the third row on a beanbag, getting nice and cozy. At Julianne Narame's Nova Stark, goes to relax on a bench when... Ow! Did I really sit on a tack? In the woods? Nova thinks and rubs their backside. Ultimately, they shrug it off. Meanwhile, with the mountain air turning a little nippier, Laura R. Shuman decides to swipe a blanket off the ground and use it for warmth instead. The fabric is a little itchy, but it's fine. Nearby, at Once Upon a Library Girl blogs, Lainey Adams picks up their nails and scowls at the pink on the projector screen. After all, they are Wednesday Adams' cousin. They have better things to do than watch Barbie like bake poisonous cookies or sharpen their axe collection. Back in the third row, Nova Stark starts to feel a piercing, throbbing in their bones, and their head hurts. A slow but terrifying sense of paralyzation stalls their senses and nerve endings, freezing every joint and muscle in place. Nova's throat seizes, and they try to turn their head, 
to warn the camper beside them that something was wrong. At Laura R. Shuman also starts to feel uncomfortable. The blanket no longer felt itchy. Laura felt itchy. Like there were bugs crawling underneath their skin. Laura scratches at their arms, their face, their hair. Even their heart feels itchy, but it's an itch that can't be soothed, no matter what Laura does. Little do they know the toxins in their veins have leached into their organs. Much like Nova Stark, these are their final moments. Laura and Nova catch each other's stares, their eyes glossy with fear. Just before the poison takes over. Ryan Gosling's Ken says something on screen, making everyone laugh, each camper completely unaware of the danger around them. As the Barbie cast starts to dance on screen, Lainey Adams again shakes their head at the pink absurdity. Just as Barbie asks, do you ever think about dying? Lainey feels a sharp pinprick in their neck. They slap at it, thinking it was a mosquito, but when they pull their hand back, they see a poisonous dart instead. Come on, Lainey drones in their mind, channeling their inner Wednesday. Before they die, Lainey thinks, a poison dart? That's the best you can do? Then, Lainey collapses in their seat, dead. Barbie ends. The campers start to pack up, unaware of the dead bodies in the crowd. In the back row, at Brit underscore trans Athena asks the camper beside them, Emily.Williams, So, did you like the movie? There is no response. Athena frowns and turns to look at Emily and gasps. <gasps> Emily is stiff in their seat, their skin bluish and their eyes tinted red. The pink scarf worn to honor Barbie, acting as their noose in the end. Athena screams. <coughs> On the other side of the campgrounds, at Kesov is scavenging the Quake Camp Library in search for answers for everything that's happened at Camp Kiwi and the Bird. They've pulled up old records and tales, stories about freaky phone calls, missing cabin keys, and some girl named Kate McDonald. Camp Kiwi is no stranger to misfortune, and Kesov is determined to know why. As they pilfer through more books, the AC switches on, and the old fence rattle as air and a strange, near-colorless gas filter through. The gas is light and mist-like and crawls over the shelves and the floor like a slow, creeping beast. So slow in its prowl, Kesov doesn't notice the, the growing tightness in their lungs, the slowing blink in their eyes. So caught up in their research, Kesov doesn't even realize that they're laughing. <laughs> laughing, giggling, guffawing, cackling like an evil witch at Halloween. The book they are holding falls from their hands, falling open on a page about huntsmen. Kesov crashes down onto their knees, still laughing. <laughs> laughing so hard they keep laughing until they die. And as though it was never there, the laughing gas disappears. It's late now. Most of camp has gone to bed, and the night is quiet outside. The wind just a whisper. One camp killer, satisfied with how the night had gone, 
sits in a shadowed corner in the mess hall, humming happily to themselves as they make a sandwich. They pile some lettuce, tomatoes, and loads and loads of turkey onto the bread, making sure to top it off with some mustard and a little bit of pepper. But just as the camp killer takes a massive bite, they see a shadow in the window. A tall, looming, immobile shadow. One so intimidating, it makes the forest in the background look quaint and harmless in comparison. The shadow raises a finger to their neck and does a cutting motion across their throat. The camp killer, their confidence now gone, their glee now fear, starts to choke on their food, the turkey in particular. They pound their hand against their chest, but the food is lodged too deep in their throat. They wheeze and gasp and look to the window again, but the shadow is gone. At Nancy reads and writes, Eleanor gasps for a final time before they fall face first onto their sandwich, dead. Deep in the woods, the pine trees sway in the wind. An owl hoots, and a camper, presumed to be dead, has been brought back to life. Well, how about that? A camp killer has been eliminated, and a camper has been brought back to life? Who says Camp Kiwi and the Bird doesn't have some happy endings? Tonight, we have lost. At Julianne Narain, at Brianna.Pate, at Aliyah Usher, at Emily.Williams, at PurpleWizzy2018, at Amanda underscore THW, at Emmy Row 12, at Laura R. Schumann, at Once Upon a Library Girl blog, at Kasov and at Nancy Reads and Rats. Now it's up to all of you to find out who committed these acts. Voice your suspicions in the group chat. You'll have until 4 p.m. Mountain Time to submit two votes as to who you think did these terrible things. We'll be posting a Google Form anonymous voting link in the description of this episode, as well as the group chat for your convenience. Whichever person has the most votes will be eliminated from Camp Kiwi and the Bird. If you have a role or any special information, it's up to you to decide if you want to voice it. We'll also inform the newly resurrected player that they are alive again. Afterward, we'll be sending out messages to our role players, where they'll have until 8pm Mountain Time to decide what they want to do next. We will also be choosing today's Camp Ghost, where an eliminated player will be able to be a part of the vote. Good luck, and stay safe campers. <laughs>